when we shift the gut bacteria, when we get the digestive system working better and or we support the adrenals, um, the, the fog lifts for them too. Greetings, hello, good day, wherever you are in the world. Thank you so much for joining True Hope Cast, the official True Hope Canada podcast. My name is Simon and I have got the pleasure of being your host today. True Hope Canada is a mind and body based supplement company that is dedicated first and foremost to promoting brain and body health through non-invasive nutritional means. For more information about True Hope, you can visit our brand new website, truehopecanada.com. And um, if you're new to our podcast, please subscribe so you don't miss out on any further episodes. Today, we welcome holistic nutritionist, speaker, educator, and writer, Lisa Kilgore. Lisa specializes in helping people from diverse and complex health issues. She loves to focus on improving client health, while also healing through methods of improving self-care, strategies to balance emotions, strengthening the gut flora, and improving sleep and lowering stress. In 2015, Lisa recorded a very popular TEDx talk on the gut-brain connection at TEDx Kelowna, and in 2010 was voted BC's favorite nutritionist by Natural Care Canada. Lisa lives in the breathtaking BC Okanagan, surrounded by local healthy food, and stunning scenery. She is the founder of lisakilgore.com and a faculty member of the Canadian School of Natural Nutrition. Lisa, welcome to True Hope Cast. We're very excited to have you here with us. How are you? Oh, thanks so much for having me, Simon. I'm doing well today. It's a good day today. That's good. I'm glad to hear that. I would love to start off by hearing about your journey in this wonderful, in this wonderful world of nutrition, health and wellness. My, and my journey is similar to many practitioners. You, you, I, I, I think when I looked at holistic nutritionists, when before I became one, I always just assumed they were always good at that. They've always eaten well. And I've learned that most of us have a path. And mine was a, a path that, that really brought me to what I do today. Uh, when I was in university, I was, was very unwell. Um, I was a music performance student and I played the flute. And I had... Um, shooting pain down both my arms. I had tendonitis in both my thumbs and I had asthma that while not deadly was out of control. I couldn't know I could go to a rehearsal or a concert and be able to breathe. And the medications I was given just made everything worse. So it was, I was in a dire, dire position. And I went from doctor to doctor and specialist to specialist and nobody could figure out exactly how to help me. And nobody ever asked me what I ate. And when I look back at that, that was the key question because I ate, I ate a lot of junk food. Um, my diet was mostly pr processed f white flour and sugar. And I had about a, a vegetable a month or so, like somewhere. And that was like, my, that was a good amount if I had some meal with a vegetable once a month. And it wasn't until I left school and I, I needed a job. And I got hired by a whole food supplement company in Toronto. And I don't know why they hired me. I, my, my complexion was gray. I was exhausted. I didn't know a thing about nutrition, but I was keen. And I think that's why they hired me. And I dove into the research and the information. And it took me about a month before I got the courage to try their, their, their staple product, which was a whole food green supplement. Because I don't eat vegetables. This was scary. And But I tried it because... 
everything I read was so amazing. And within about two weeks, my brain turned back on. The fog that I was dealing with that was so strong, I'd forget what day of the week it was or where I was going. I was 25 at the time and would literally get lost going somewhere that I'd been a hundred times before. And this one morning I woke up and I could think straight. And I could, like my, I, I could learn again. And it reminded me that I love learning, but it'd been a long time since I had a brain that could take in information and actually process it. And luckily I was in this job, I was working for custom, in their customer service. My job was to answer phones and answer questions and learn as much about nutrition and supplements as I possibly could. And I'm so grateful for that moment because it, brought me to a new passion. Um, I love helping people. And as I moved to different jobs in that company, I missed the interaction, the one-on-one -on -one interaction I had in customer service. So I went back to school for holistic nutrition, nutrition at night. I worked all day and was in school all night, which I never could have done a few years earlier. And um, after I graduated, I realized that Toronto wasn't my home anymore. And so I packed up my cats in my, in my car and drove across the country. And in 2009, landed in the Okanagan and started practicing as a holistic nutritionist. So that's been my life. Uh, and I use my stubborn body who doesn't like change and the power of these tiny little changes I made in my diet as a guide for my clients. Because if you don't need to use willpower, those changes become permanent. And I feel that not having a lot of food willpower is my superpower when it comes to food changes because I have to make them so easy and so doable, they become non-negotiable. And that has brought my diet to what you expect of a holistic nutritionist. So yeah, I eat really well right now, but that's not where I came from. And so I know no matter where somebody is when I work with them, I've been there too. And I can help guide them out into something that's going to feel better for their body. Yeah, isn't it wild? I think so many of the stories I, we've heard on this podcast of people who are health practitioners are in, in, the, in the health game all start in a very, very similar position in regards to, they never thought that they would end up where they are like 10, 20, 30 years later. And it all came upon this kind of like one chance opportunity where, you know, you're at university, you're looking for work and it just so happens that this work, this job, this opportunity, this chance completely changes your life and t turns it into, into a trajectory that, you know, you would never expect it. And I, I firmly believe that when the universe the universe when the universe starts giving us the things that we really want it comes in it comes at us in a way that we least expect it and it's kind of like really really working for us so it's really yeah it's really interesting that that's your the beginning of your journey and i really love what you mentioned about once you had started giving your body the nutrition that it needs needed to work especially your brain this fog lifted and you were able to actually access parts of your brain and you would you know it sounds like you just found a, a new cognitive process where you're able to take in information and it wasn't the fact that you didn't want to learn or didn't want to study or didn't want to do all these things before it's just your brain didn't have the capability to do it previously Absolutely. And what I also learned is that I, I didn't need to shift my entire life to to be able to have a brain that was working again. It was that first change that my body said, yes, thank you. I needed nutrients and said, here you go. Let's let's lift this fog. And uh, every little change I made, I felt better. Um, it wasn't long before the asthma that was out of control was in control because it was an inflammatory issue from my terrible diet. Um, 
but I really, I, I can see the power when I work with my clients, how just nourishing the body, even just a little bit, your body says, thank you with this huge uh, change, or you feel better or something like we're all just one little step away from feeling significantly better. We just need to find what that step was. I was lucky it was that first one, but uh, I've seen this over and over and over again, where just a little step can make a huge difference. Absolutely. And it can look so different to so many different people, depending on where they are in their journey. But yeah, as you say, just that little bit of nutrition, a little bit of something can really push somebody forward to, you know, can be really be the catalyst to people making further changes and having the ability to do them with, you know, a little bit more courage. Um, yeah, that's wonderful. Let's, um, I'd love to jump into mental health right away. That's kind of what we're all about here at True Hope Canada. What are the common psychological symptoms that you see in your practice and how do you go about um, planning the appropriate course of action? The main one that I see is brain fog, that same cloud that I was dealing with, um, where where you're kind of thinking through so much fog, it's hard to even feel like yourself. Uh, I also see a lot of mental health issues, depression, anxiety, uh, and and just kind of low feeling really this year, especially a lot of a lot of people are just feeling really low and struggling to process emotions. Um, also, that feeling of overwhelm, like like they can't take on anymore. Um, that's also a really common symptom that I deal with. And so I I look at both what does their their diet need? Um, are there is there nourishment that's needed? And then I also look at the gut when somebody is either dealing with a big gut bacteria imbalance, therefore lots of digestive issues, and I specialize in, in digestive issues, or and or a lot of adrenal fatigue, their, their body and their stress reaction is just exhausted. That creates so much brain fog that as soon as I hear those symptoms, I say to them, I don't expect you to remember anything from this session. I'm going to email this all to you afterwards and the, the sigh of relief that they they have they're like oh you get it i'm like yeah i've been there and so i don't want you to use your the the mental process that you're struggling with already to remember things that i can just send you so to just be here in this conversation and over it doesn't take long before their their mind their fog starts lifting as well and when we shift the gut bacteria when we get the digestive system working better and or we support the adrenal um the the fog lifts for them too remarkable yeah i mean obviously looking at the adrenals and the hormone balance is, is, is everything's super connected so it's you know as, as a holistic nutritionist you know we're looking at the whole individual and you know i'm sure your intake form is incredibly in depth and it goes through different um very different parts of somebody's life from how they're sleeping to their water intake to stresses at home etc and yeah, it's, that's such an important part of the process to be able to have that time with a practitioner who is there, who's present is, you know, really asking those key questions. And it kind of takes me back in my mind to when you're talking about when you initially had some, had some health issues at university and you were never asked about your diet and you were probably never asked about anything other than the symptoms that you're experiencing when, you know, that doesn't, that doesn't paint the whole picture. Absolutely. Nobody asked me what I ate. Nobody asked me about the stress level in my life. When I was a performance music student in an incredibly uh, competitive uh, place that, and I was being bullied by condu conductors. And like, when I look back at 25 year old Lisa, I have so much compassion for what I went through. And at the time I was just, I didn't realize any of it was connected. 
Uh, and a lot of my clients don't realize their digestive issues is desperately connected to that brain fog that um, they one is creating the other. And uh, as soon as they, as soon as we connect them, they're like, oh, so I'm not crazy thinking I can't remember anything. I'm like, no, 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 your gut is making it so you can't remember anything. And that's okay. We can fix this. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've certainly created this kind of isolated reductionist idea of, you know, I've got a headache, therefore the issue has to be in my head. You know, I've got hip pain, the pain and the problem has to be in my hip. And it really takes some self-exploration and, you know, assertive healthcare when it comes to taking personal responsibility for yourself to really start diving in and, and talking with different practitioners to really potentially understand what the actual root of my condition might be. And of course, taking all of those things into consideration is, is just the, the big part of the puzzle, right? Mm -hmm. So I'd love to talk about your, your TEDx talk that um, I'm, I've seen it. I thought it was really cool. Um, but for, for those people who have not seen it, at the TEDx Kelowna. Um, can you talk a little bit more about it? Give us maybe a little bit of an overview. So what I talk about in the in my TEDx talk is how our gut bacteria affects um, our neurotransmitters, possibly our personality. There's new there's we're kind of on the cutting edge of research, so we can't say for sure. But there's some really cool research showing that um, the bacteria in our gut may create a lot of aspects of our personality, how adventurous we are, how extroverted or introverted we are. And then um, I spend half of the second half of the talk, it's about a 15 minute talk, talking about how to seed and feed your gut bacteria to create balance. Because when we're dealing with things like depression and anxiety, uh, they take us away from our community. And the theme of that TEDx event was um, ignite and how do I want to ignite a new idea and my and mine was to look at how you feel as a and taking care of yourself that self-care aspect as giving to your community because when you feel better you can help other people feel better but we've got it we've got to tune in and, and take care of ourselves first yeah that's really cool and we'll absolutely put the link to that TEDx talk so people can experience it for themselves in the in the show notes and yeah, I, I think it could be very um, hard for some a lot of people to get their mind around the idea that first of all we are absolutely viciously colonized by microorganisms, and the bacteria that take up the majority of our large intestine, they have jobs to do, and the majority of them make chemicals which engage in our gut, engage with our brain. And if these bacteria are making certain chemicals which lead to us experiencing certain things, then it makes perfect sense to me uh, that they would have a big hand in um, our personalities and the the things that we can and can't experience, whether that's, um, I suppose, negative or positive. But yeah, it's um, unless you study these things, I think, and have a, have kind of the transformational experiences that, that that you've had, and I certainly had in my in my life when it when it led me towards towards health. It's very very hard for people to understand that because you know we don't get taught in biology class in school that you know we are significantly more foreign organism than we are human. 
Absolutely. We are, the, the, and we don't know the exact number right now. It's in debate. So for a long time, we thought we are 10 times more bacteria than human. So that means for every human cell that we have, we have 10 cells of bacteria. That number has been rejigged in the last few years. Now, now it's believed we're about 50% bacteria, which is still a huge number. We're half bacteria. So re, I think we're going to land somewhere between the two. Uh, and, uh, the way that I got my head around it is understanding that our human body evolved with the bacteria. So the bacteria came into bodies of animals long before our, the, uh, uh, an immune system was created, a nervous system was created, and our, that bacteria in our gut wanted to stick around. And so took the reins of certain body systems to make sure that they get to stay where they are. And so our gut bacteria actually determines when our immune system functions and when it when it attacks and when it doesn't attack it modulates our immune system and the reason for that is it's a foreign cell and if it didn't tell the immune system when to attack the immune system would attack it and so it took over the reins of modulation uh, it also needs to be fed and so it plays a role in um, our nervous system our vagus nerve and our taste buds to make sure we're feeding this colony what it likes to be fed because if it if we don't feed it the food it, foods it likes it starves so uh if a long while back <laughs> a millennia or millions of years ago the gut bacteria created um connections and we believe they actually can change our our taste and what we like and what we don't like uh our our body evolved having a large amount of neurons or brain cells around our gut because digestion is so complex and our bacteria is there so our gut bacteria plays a role in a lot of the neurotransmitters like serotonin and dopamine, which actually are more made in our gut than they're made in our brain. And um, there's uh, preliminary research, early research that shows that our gut bacteria plays a role in asking the cells to make those neurotransmitters. So the next frontier, uh, many uh, uh, health professionals are looking at the next frontier of our mental health research is going to be in completely in our gut. This was like front page of the New York Times a few years ago. And so there's a lot we still need to know. There's a lot we don't understand. And our current method of research, the placebo control double blind study, doesn't work with a colony like our bacteria. So this research is going to be slow. It's going to take time for us to fully understand it. But there's a lot of great um, research uh, areas like the American Gut Project, the British Gut Project, where they're taking stool samples from the public, uh, thousands and thousands of stool samples and, and st starting to understand what makes a good colony and what makes an out of balance colony. And so we're starting to get that information, but it's never going to be a one plus one equals two kind of answer. I can't just say do this and then that and your gut bacteria is going to be perfect. We're creating a rainforest. And so we need to understand how do we support this ecosystem that's in our gut. Yeah. And it's so wonderful that the, that the science is, the way science is done is, is, is changing a little bit in regards to the mind and the gut, because as we said before, we would have, you know, if you have a headache or, or something psychological going on, you would go and visit you go and visit maybe a neurologist after you visit your GP or something. But now with the understanding that the gut and the brain are so interconnected, we're seeing these singular modalities having to cooperate 
and communicate. So you've got you know neurologists having to speak with gastroenterologists and endocrinologists, which is a really unique thing for to happen in the conventional medical system is is for these 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 different communities to start cooperating and um communicating and sharing research and thinking yeah okay well what's happening in my head is is affecting my gut and and vice versa it's a really wonderful thing and it, you know it's it's long overdue that's for sure um could you maybe give us this, this point, just for those people who aren't super familiar with the idea that we are we have lots of different bacteria viruses fungi living synergistically in us we take a little step back in regards to how do we get those bacteria from birth you know like how are they in us how do they colonize what are the things that maybe change on the way do you think you could jump into that for me absolutely so when we are it's believed when we are um inside our mom before we're born that we are sterile that there's still there's currently a question of that but let's assume that's still correct and when we go through the birth canal, um, our skin gets covered in the bacteria from the vaginal canal of our mom. And that's such an important uh, uh, colonization that our, that your, our mother's body changes those, uh, that ecosystem in the third trimester, just to make sure that it's the right bacteria colonizing their baby. Also in the third trimester, um, the mother's immune system comes into the, the gut, pulls out certain strains of bacteria, brings them through the bloodstream and deposits, deposits them in the breast tissue. So uh, milk is not only, a mother's milk has prebiotic fiber or fiber that's only there to feed bacteria, which we didn't understand until very recently. We now, now know that there's actual bacteria seeding the baby's gut from the mother's milk. And so what we found in research is any change to that, that form of birth can lead to um, immune and gut issues much later on in that child's life. So a baby's born by C-section have a higher risk of allergies and asthma when they're in about eight to 10 years old. Uh, and but this can all be fixed. And that's what there, there is some research on is, is when a baby needs to be born by C-section, is there something that we can do to colonize that bacteria, uh, the bacteria of the baby properly? Because right now they tend to get covered in the skin bacteria of the doctors and nurses that touch them first instead of the vaginal canal. And so there's research being done in Puerto Rico a few years ago where um, during birth, during the C-section, um, there was a gauze put placed in the vaginal canal. And then as soon as the baby was born, they were just coated in the bacteria from that gauze. And I, I don't know if that paper has been published yet, um, but there's interesting research helping us with that. Um, as we, in those first few years, um, we are taking in mother's milk that has some bacteria and that prebiotic fiber. And we're also um, being passed from person to person, different people in our family and their bacteria helps colonize our gut. And by the time we're about three to five years old, we have an adult style colony. And that colony is unique to that person, but also to the family. Um, you can see, you can tell who people live with when, um, through stool samples just from the, the types of bacteria in their gut. And um, over time, what we eat and what, what bacteria we interact with helps to seed and feed that, that colony. Um, our life though right now um, in, in the, the first world, all first world countries don't support our gut bacteria very well. And therefore there's 
connections leading to higher rates of allergy, asthma, and autoimmune conditions, all due to a weak um, and underpopulated gut bacteria. So that's what I, I help fix with my clients is that we want to kind of create what would have happened if we still interacted with a ton of bacteria in the day while still living in a place with you know, clean water and good sanitation, because I'm not willing to give up that right now. And, uh, but we, so we, what we need to do instead is to create daily habits, weekly habits that help feed and seed that gut bacteria. Yeah. I mean, it's such a huge, huge, incredible topic. I mean, the complexities of different microorganisms living within us, within us. And, you know, as, as you said, you know, our, our mother's vaginal flora deliberately changes in regards to you know helping the helping the newborn become covered in and out with with very deliberate bacteria to help start teaching the immune system primarily and yeah with interventions like c-sections we see we see very different things i um i had a good friend of mine in sweden when i lived there and the midwife there she she told me that that like the vaginal seeding that they do with the gauze that you mentioned is was was a common practice in many different places so it's really wonderful to see that you know people are recognizing this and and it is happening because you mentioned like you know many c-sections are very very necessary mm -hmm. um and the you know the the way that we're born into the world can can play a huge role into how we experience illness and allergies and sensitivities as adults and again people aren't aware of this so it's you know it's you know, uh, as a, as a nutritionist, you know, a couple of my questions on my intake form was like, do you know how you were born into the world? How long were you breastfed for? You know, these things are going to be able to tell me a little bit about how your immune system functions on like a foundational level, because obviously as we grow up and we eat certain foods and we drink certain water sources and we take certain pharmaceutical drugs, um, you know, our bacteria can, can shift and change but as you say like when we're at like three or four we you know we have this kind of foundation that our body will always kind of look to look to get to once once given the right circumstances and i think that's a really good point to when people start to drink better drink better water and start to eat a little better and they start taking a lot of the things out that are maybe contributing to poor gut microbes people can start feeling really good really quickly especially psychologically because our gut is changing in regards to flora all of the time and given the right circumstances it will go towards giving you healthy populations and having a you know really synergistic role in, in your health absolutely the research has found that it, it takes only three to seven days to make a marked difference in your gut bacteria the funny part of that study is that the that the conclusion is that it actually doesn't change your gut bacteria because the group um, ate they made them eat differently to support gut bacteria, saw the change, and then put them back on their regular diet. And because their regular diet didn't keep that change, they're like, oh, you can't permanently change your gut bacteria. I'm like, no, 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 you <laughs> no, can no. if you just yeah. keep eating those foods. <laughs> it's the, like if you, you can't stop watering your lawn and expect the lawn to still keep growing, <laughs> it's only going to grow if you keep watering it. And that's, the, that's what our diet does. Just a question on antibiotic use because you know a lot of it is very necessary but you know in in the last 20 years have been incredibly over prescribed how do you work with somebody who is taking an antibiotic you know we're talking about something that a, a, a drug or something that you can take topically that is going to kill bacteria and the idea is to obviously kill the bacteria that's causing your infection that's causing your illness and cause, causing your symptoms but 
obviously we've got healthy bacteria that that are there and they are you know, supposed to be there and doing all these things for us. How do you go about helping somebody take take their antibiotics, but also make sure that they're not significantly um, hurting those colonies and helping them to grow back? Yeah, absolutely. Because antibiotics are necessary. And I don't, I haven't met a single person who has taken antibiotics unnecessarily, at least in my career. So they're always like, there's a reason for it. And they're there, they're there specifically. Research has found it's the second round of, of antibiotics in a period of time that makes the biggest difference um, for like negatively for your gut bacteria. So I like to calm people down and say one round of bacteria is one round of antibiotics is going to change things, but not desperately. And we, and I work with them. So um, during the antibiotics, if they're dealing with any digestive symptoms, then I bring in a probiotic that is a fungal based probiotic. So it's not even a probiotics, pro fungus. It's uh, so it doesn't get killed off by the antibiotics. Um, it's called Espilardi and Espilardi, you can take it in this exactly the same time as the antibiotics and has been researchly proven to lower digestive issues that come from the antibiotics, because at least you're creating you're, you're um, putting something in to take up the space when everything gets killed off because otherwise other yeasts and fungus and parasites can take over. Um, and then I, 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 put them on a probiotic regime along with fermented foods and good healthy plant-based fibers. And then we can, we can create that shift. The truth is, is that it's not from rounds of antibiotics unless they're chronic rounds that cause the biggest issues uh, with people in their gut. It's the antibiotic residue that, that is and was in our food that, we were, that we're eating small amounts in every day that play as big of a role in our gut bacteria as a couple rounds of antibiotics. Um, until fairly recently, we had antibiotic residue in our red meat. Um, we have it in our farm salmon. Um, we have it in a lot of fish, actually. And um, our, even just drinking um, water with the chlorine still in it can cause um, just this mild, like everyday kind of hit. So just even using a carbon filter, but even better, like a Berkey filter, where we're really taking out some good stuff or some bad stuff out of the water and making sure that your animal protein isn't coming from these sources where they use antibiotics to fatten up the animals. It's not surprising that when we have antibiotics reg regularly, it also fattens us up. And research has found that there is a correlation between a low diversity in your gut bacteria and a slower metabolism. And it, actually what they found is that when your gut bacteria diversity is low, you actually extract more energy out of your food for some reason. We don't quite know why. And that leads to the higher rates of um, obesity with, with uh, lower strains of bacteria. Yeah, wow. Um, and there's it's really interesting that there are these kind of like hidden occult um, foods that, that we're consuming day in, day out that, you know, as you say, a little hit of antibiotics that, you know, somebody, if somebody's not really aware of, you know, maybe how they're feeling and their symptoms, changing your food and changing its source and becoming a little bit more um, aware and responsible about where your food is coming from and maybe, maybe selecting different foods on that is, you know, rather than damaging your gut gut bacteria gut lining etc you're actually allowing these good bacteria to proliferate and do these good things for us absolutely uh, because we want to we we it's 
it's not hard to support your gut bacteria. We just need to be aware of when, when are we killing it off unintentionally and how are we feeding it every day? And so looking at your water and your animal protein sources, and if it's in your budget to shift those, wonderful. And getting chlorine out of your water, if you don't have the budget for even a, a carbon filter, leaving it on your counter overnight is enough to get rid of that chlorine. And then we want to seed and feed and fertilize our gut bacteria. And it's just, I like to think of it because it's so abstract. I like to think of it as a lawn. So um, if you take antibiotics, it's like pulling out all that grass. And now it's just a pile of like a handful of weeds, but it's just a, a, a mess. So sometimes we need to do a bit of weeding, bringing an antimicrobial like oregano oil or colloidal silver can get rid of things that might've overgrown. But the most important thing is we need to throw in some good seeds a, like a probiotic supplement when necessary, but that's just a seed. We, you can't only do a probiotic and expect things to shift. You also need to water and fertilize that grass. And so the water I, th I think of as plant-based fibers, fruits and vegetables, nuts, seeds, and beans, the more different fibers, the research has found more, the more different, the fiber you take in the, um, happier your gut bacteria and the more diverse it becomes. And then fermented food, that's the, that's like miracle grow. That's like the best fertilizer you can put on your gut and one or two servings of a, of any fermented food, properly fermented food per day makes a huge difference. And for my gut that had been sugar for a long time, that didn't start off in a good balance. It was fermented foods that finally got it shifting to a, a, a healthier state because our gut always wants to go back to what it was when we were a kid and mine wasn't balanced as a kid. And so I had to create a new colony and fermented foods helped me do that. That's really cool. And yeah, just to talk, continue on fermented foods, because if you kind of look at every other culture apart from our Western one, there would be you know, really, really great sources of, of different fermented foods that have, you know, are considered probably ancient in regards to how that, how long they've been used for and how they've been used deliberately to obtain health. Can you give us a few examples? I think people maybe are familiar with kombucha and sometimes I see, you know, somebody consuming like a liter of kombucha in like a, in a, like a lunchtime, lunchtime meal. And I kind of, I'm kind of a bit concerned for that person's gut because that's a big hit. Can you talk a little bit about, um, some of those fermented foods that you like to implement. And I think, I think talking about the portion, uh, portions of those fermented foods is important to touch on as well. Absolutely. And you're right. Every, every single traditional culture has a fermented food. We don't have one in North America because we don't really have a tr traditional culture, but we've also haven't needed them for a hundred years because we don't need to store fruits and vegetables in that way. As soon as we started canning, we stopped fermenting properly. We pickle, but we don't always ferment. And um, so fermented foods like fermented vegetables, uh, sauerkraut um, is a common one, but you can ferment any vegetable, um, beets, carrots, all of that good stuff. Um, you can buy fermented vegetables. Um, you just are looking for an unpasteurized uh, version and they're always going to be in the fridge. But you can find these in mainstream grocery stores just in the healthy section today. Like they're really easy to find. Um, properly done yogurts uh, where it has, it says active bacterial cultures on it and only a handful of ingredients. There's a lot of yogurts that are just kind of candy with some bacteria thrown in. Um, my general recommendation with your yogurt is if it actually is selling you on a probiotic, it's not a good one. 
that's one that they've um, put in, usually Bifidus animalis, um, because it can survive the high heat processing they're putting the yogurt through. Um, I find the better yogurts are ones that don't talk about themselves. Um, they're usually either found in a health food store or found around the edges of the um, the yogurt aisle, like they're they're quiet and unassuming. Um, and they ha they say uh, uh, active bacteria cultures in the ingredients and only four or five ingredients. That's a really good yogurt. Um, to up your game in a fermented milk, it would be kefir or kefir. I'm not sure exactly how it's pr pronounced. Everybody does it differently. And it's a fermented milk. It tastes a lot like yogurt, but it has more different, it has a more variety of strains and more bacteria. And research has found that kefir is the best at changing your gut bacteria. I use this for anybody who has like Crohn's colitis or, or just simply can't tolerate probiotics. There's a lot of people out there that can't tolerate them. And so I'll start with kefir if they don't, if they're tolerate, if they tolerate dairy, um, the fermented, uh, teas like kombucha, they're great, but they don't have any fiber in them. And so therefore, I don't know, I, I don't feel they, they shift the gut bacteria as great. And you do want to cut your amount, you don't want to be drinking a liter at a time. And then there's the fermented soy is like um, uh, tempeh and miso and natto. Natto is unbelievable powerhouse when it comes to um, vitamin K, K2 and all these other good things. But it's if you didn't grow up with natto, don't start with it. It's not like it's yeah. slimy soybeans. I've never had it and I don't want to have it. Um, and our first um, uh, like in, in Western Europe, the very first fermented food was beer and it provided the uh, B vitamins that were missing in the newly agricultural life. And so that's why these traditional cultures have always had a fermented food because they provide mostly B vitamins that are just lower or hard to digest in our current diet. And so just bringing in um, a couple forkfuls of sauerkraut, um, like a quarter to a half a cup of kefir, a, a, like, um, a bowl of yogurt, that's all you need every day. Just one of those uh, to feed and seed your gut bacteria really, really well. Would you consider, bring when you consider bringing in ferments, do you consider them more of like a, a supplement or like a, a meal? They're, they're a, a, an accompaniment to a meal. They're like a condiment, um, not a meal. So you don't, some people will sit and eat an entire jar of sauerkraut or my partner will do this with kimchi. I'll just find him in the kitchen with the <laughs> kimchi open. Just, he's like, this is so good. And, and I like to follow cravings. I like to, like, I'm, I, I like to encourage people when something feels that good to keep keep doing it, but you don't need that much. Um, and sometimes can cause digestive distress if you eat that much. But a couple forkfuls, like um, if you look at how sauerkraut is generally used, it's used as this like a little addition on top of the meal. Or if we're looking at yogurt in Greece, it's, it's um, you, like Greek yogurt, that really thick stuff is used a couple spoonfuls on the plate as like a dip or a condiment. Um, we don't need enormous amounts. You don't need to be guzzling a liter of kombucha every day. It's just getting that little bit every day is really key. Yeah. And I think it's that subtle addition that really has a big, powerful impact rather than maybe we might think about, you know, going with like the grenade effect and just like really trying to go for it to change something. But our body really does a lot better when we're kind of subtly working with it to kind of basically let the body do it, do what it does. 
Absolutely. And all of the bacteria found in fermented foods, they're transient. They come and go anyways. So it, it's better to give a, a small hit every day than once a week eat the entire container because you're only going for a day have that bacteria in your gut. Instead, you want to have that little bit every day. And there's, there's early research, we're still unsure, um, but that bacteria found, say, in the cabbage in the sauerkraut may help it, it, like they kind of come in and give uh, education to the other bacteria. So if you struggle to digest like cruciferous vegetables, bringing in a sauerkraut can help your gut, your gut bacteria digest that family because they're being taught by this bacteria that's, that's um, trans, uh, just kind of traveling through the gut for, for a few days. And so it, there's a lot of power in bringing in these foods. They can really um, help shift how you digest everything. Yeah, really important point, especially with the, the fact that these bacteria come in and that you know, not only are they teaching our own endogenous cells, but they're also communicating with the other microorganisms that that engage with throughout our whole body. And it's not just the function and the kind of matter that they have, you know, they, they come with a significant energy and a frequency, which is just all information. And at a genetic level, you know, if you if we're going on the fact that we are, you know, one to five or one to 10, however you want to look at it, um, human cell to microorganism we've got a significant amount of genetic material residing in those foreign organisms as well and that is a significantly it's a significant place to look at because that's it's, it's those genetics that really engage with each other and you know we've evolved with them kind of forever and you can kind of look back throughout our whole human history and animal history of, of how these organisms have engaged with us and then you can also look at the soil as well and how if you take the microorganisms and other small elements out of the soil it just does not grow grow as good and it's a big problem that we have within agriculture and the fact that our food is you know depleted is because everything that it needs to really thrive just like your gut bacteria and your and your whole and, your, and the whole digestive system if you take little pieces out think things are going to break down and you're going to you know issues are going to arise at some point Absolutely. We, we our, our body does not function properly. No animal's body functions properly without this bacteria. Our soil doesn't function properly. And what I like is, is it, well, that's happening is this shift that we're starting to understand that our monocultures where we're just killing everything off isn't working anymore. And that we do need, even doctors are, are saying, okay, we need to lower this antibiotics and how do we, what do we do to create a good ecosystem? And the trouble is because we don't have this one prescription of here's how to fix it, there isn't a mainstream understanding of how to support our gut bacteria. I argue all we have to do is look backwards to traditional cultures because they did it really well and they ate whole foods, they ate a fermented food every day and they interacted with nature. They got a lot of their bacteria from the soil, uh, from their water. And while I don't recommend recommend drinking um, uh, un, or, or like stream water because our gut bacteria, do, our, we do not have the gut to, to handle that. All I, Everybody I know who does it has like major parasite problems, um, but we can be interacting with the soil regularly enough to help seed our gut. Absolutely. And I just wanted to ask you about, you know, obviously when we're kids and we're playing in the dirt and we're getting dirty and we're interacting in nature in a very deliberate way. And then now we see especially in our in our western culture we see like these antibacterial gels everywhere i mean you can separate the covid thing but like even before even before like last year you know you would see 
gels and wipes and things absolutely everywhere. I mean, there's obviously something called the hygiene hypothesis where, you know, the cleaner that we think that we have become, the the sicker we're, the sicker we're getting. And, you know, you can't talk about those things without talking about the bacteria that engage and teach and modulate our immune system. Absolutely. There's there's some uh, there's a really great study that looked at a small two small towns um, right at the border between Finland and Russia. And so one small town was in Finland and one was in Russia. And a hundred years ago, they were in one town. So they separated only a hundred years ago. So genetically, they're really similar. They're very isolated. So there's not there hasn't been an influx of new genes. But what they found was four times more type one diabetes in the Finland town versus the Russian town. Type one diabetes is an autoimmune condition that usually happens in childhood. And every we are seeing in the westernized world higher rates with every generation of type one diabetes. And this is such a difficult condition to deal with. We wanna nip this in the bud. And they found that, um, or they felt, the researchers felt that it was the cleanliness of the life in Finland that was leading to this autoimmune condition. Uh, the In Russia, they had multiple bacteria in the water. They had poor sanitation. Most kids dealt with some kind of um, gut bug at some point in their childhood. All of this is unfortunate. You don't want your kid to be dealing with, with these gut bugs, but that was leading to this more balanced immune system. So how do we do that in our world while still having flushing toilets and um, a clean water? And that is by paying attention to our gut bacteria. Uh, they, they also have looked at um, children whose mothers were around animals because people who are around animals have more bacteria. Uh, they have lower rates of allergies and asthma as well. So I think what's going to come out is our interaction with nature is going to be a big deal. Uh, years ago, I did a presentation in Nelson um, on the gut brain connection and a woman came up to me and she said, I'm a forest worker. I test soil. That's my job. And all summer I'm testing soil. And I found that the best way for me to know what's going on in the soil is to taste it. So I eat soil all summer long. And she's like, I didn't realize until this talk, why I have, I feel so fantastic all summer long. My mood comes up. I feel so good. And I bet it's because I'm eating bits of soil all, all day. And while I also don't recommend the average person just to come start eating soil, but gardening and growing your own vegetables and eating them out of your, your, like I, when I, when I grow carrots, I pull them out and I take the dirt off, but I don't like overly wash it and then I enjoy that carrot so I get a little bit of dirt every time and that those little things can really really help yeah that's really that's such an important point especially with the you know not rinsing your food too much it's especially come out of the garden um yeah. stuff that's bought from the grocery store that you know that's a different topic but yes, um <laughs> yeah I think that um I think the fact that we over the last couple of hundred years have done some really amazing things in regards to health because we've got clean we've got san sanitation better cleaning water and you know and better facilities for, for, for a lot of people but we've kind of gone over we, we've got, gone a little bit too crazy with that in regards to trying to keep everything clean like the idea that we are you know, the idea that we were sterile in regards to bacteria isn't a, isn't a really old theory and obviously the microbiome is completely smashing it out of the water now but the fact that we think thought that like any bacteria that would come into us and you know we can talk about the germ theory all day on the and the terrain theory but yeah we've kind of gone a little bit too 
crazy in regards to keeping everything clean and everything sanitary when you know we are supposed to be engaging in the outside world within nature and you know there are bacteria viruses fungi absolutely everywhere and we have always engaged with them and they are here to kind of work with us in many many different ways I completely agree. And, and we only, we're only at the beginning of understanding this, like the, the German viruses were only discovered in the last few hundred years. So we can't, it, it makes sense that when we realize these exist and we can kill them, yeah, let's just kill them off. And we've gone too far. It helped, it, like, I, I'm sure more children survive their childhood because they're not dealing with typhoid and, and cholera. Uh, but we also now have autoimmune conditions that we're struggling to control. So how do we find balance in that? How do we find a way to make sure our children have a safe and healthy childhood while also feeding this gut bacteria? And I think that we, I think it's possible today. We just have to actively participate in the, the seeding of our gut bacteria. Yeah, we have to be really conscious about what we're doing because what we're, what we're also engaging now is we're indoors a lot more. We are certainly playing a lot less outdoors considering, you know, like TVs and games and shows and stuff like that, uh, which are all great and wonderful and certainly have their place. But, you know, if we have to be thinking about a couple of hundred years ago and, you know, the hundreds of thousands of years of human history, we have predominantly been outside engaging with sunlight, engaging with our soil, engaging with animals. And if we're, if we're not kind of doing that, and we certainly can do that, we can certainly engage in nature in a very quick way for a lot, most people can. Um, it's really part part of your own responsibility to kind of recognize that okay maybe i've been in, inside all day today and even just getting some breath for some fresh air and engaging with sunlight you know what that does for your immune system in regards to to chilling you out and relaxing you is a really important part of of providing a good kind of basis and and terrain for these microorganisms yeah it's all it blows my mind how super interconnected everything is and yeah it's um really fascinating when it comes to bacteria how they engage with us how they have always engaged with us and then how sometimes we we have this culture that kind of wants to eradicate everything that we don't necessarily understand or can't see yeah, what we can't what we can't see we, we usually don't really understand that well but yeah we, we've got more and more information coming out and more amazing people like yourself coming out and teaching um, and educating people around the fact that you know we are significantly microorganism and these things synergistically work with us not just in our bodies but throughout throughout the world and throughout nature absolutely and and there's there's a, a, practitioners are starting to come together like this holistic view that everything is connected i find it re really powerful it was as soon as i started connecting all my symptoms that i was like oh this is why this is why I felt so terrible. And if, if any of your listeners right now are, are kind of feeling similar symptoms or just, I'm not sure where to go, just, just know that the smallest change in, in one area can have ripple effects everywhere else. Absolutely. Yeah. Really important point. Um, just be, kind of, just before we finish off, I'd love to just ask what are your kind of go-tos in regards to brain support and supplementation? And also gut support as well, because obviously they're working together. So are there any specific, because I, in my experience, in my training as a nutritionist, there are a lot of, there are obviously a lot of supplement companies. Anyone who's gone into a vitamin shop, it's wild in there. It's a forest of bottles and stuff. And if you don't know what you're looking for, and don't know what you're going for, it can be really, really overwhelming. 
And in my experience, not all supplement companies do a great job with the products that they have. They are very poorly regulated, so they don't have to do that. But that just shows that there's like a small percentage of companies that do it really, really well. So can you talk about some of maybe the products and the brands that you like to use? Because I'm sure a lot of people out there would, would love to know uh, where to start. Absolutely. And I've been in the supplement industry for about 20 years and there's there's some amazing products out there. And then there's ones that are, you know, not so great. Um, my, my first go to is I always look at is this found in a health food store? Because the staff in health food stores, I've been training them for 20 years, for the better part of 20 years. Like these are people who really know what they're doing. And if you want to know what products are good, ask the staff. And because they have seen, they've tried them themselves, um, they've interacted with the company, and they uh, have seen the results. Um, I, I first heard about the True Hope supplements from staff and health food stores. They're like, have you heard about this? This, this, this is working really well. Uh, and so there's a lot of really great brands. Like I, I love Botanica and Mega Foods, and uh, I really like AOR. And um, But there's a lot of really good companies that do, um, that, that, maybe aren't the, the most prestigious, uh, like natural factors, they do a op pretty okay job at a lot of what they do. And so when budget's an issue, I'm like, yeah, just grab one of theirs. Like it's well-tested, it's well-studied, it's it, they're good products. But when it comes to brain health, I always go food first, I'm a nutritionist. And so what I recommend is if you're, if you feel like your mind, like if you're either having mental health issues or you're, you're just dealing with a lot of brain fog, make sure you're eating every day and you're eating fairly regularly. Um, the power of just eating every four to five hours for both your mental health and your brain fog is huge. Because a lot of us, when we get stressed out, we forget to eat and then we don't notice that that's why we're tired and froggy and, and grumpy. And, and so just eating every four to five hours and making sure that, that you're, you're embracing your body's wisdom, your body knows what it wants. And so if you're craving something, there's a reason for it. And that can guide you to what your body might need. Say you're craving dark chocolate all the time. Well, maybe your whole nervous system needs more magnesium and then that will calm down your whole system. Um, our, our body is our best ally. It's our best friend. And uh, if we turn there first, we can find the very specific things that our body might need. Really great recommendations. Thank you so much. You've got a new book that's out. I do. You do. Have you got a look? There it is right there. Undieting. I think, is it freedom from the bil bil bewildering world, world of fad diets? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, it, yeah. Um, it just came out in September of 2020. And it is uh, basically, it's like my entire philosophy in a nutshell. Uh, it, it's looking at food politics because I because I find that as soon as we understand the politics behind food decisions and uh, government recommendations and even guidelines like the body mass index when we understand the political mo and lobbyist motivations it becomes easier to set them aside and say oh there's no truth there uh, and then it, it it gets into how we can tune into our body and start to understand its symptoms um, as a guide to find what's going on and so I have a chapter on cravings, I have a chapter on our digestive system, and I have a chapter on our adrenals, because those three spots are big guys when it comes to sending signals to help our body find balance. Um, and it, it's the biggest, the, the, the biggest takeaways from the book, I'd say, are that 
changes should be easy and can be easy for great effect and that your body already knows your body is your best friend. And when we start listening to our body, we can stop dieting. We can stop jumping on whatever fad diet is out there and really find the, the, the thing that our body is looking for. And when you find it, your body lights up. Um, one of my, um, I, I, I forgot to mention it when you asked me about my favorite brain food supplements, I, I take lion's mane every day. Um, by host defense and lion's mane is for brain health. And I take it every day because within a few days I notice like my brain turning on and like feeling like, wow, this is working and there's great research on it, but I, I recommend for everybody to use what feels good. And if you don't notice a difference, if you don't even notice just like, I enjoy this, stop doing it. It's not working for you. Um, our body, our bodies get it. And we don't want to overwhelm our system with too much stuff. Beautiful. That's really cool. I, I, I think the title's great. And congratulations. Writing a book is not easy. <laughs> I, yeah. I, it was a year ago right now that I was like just finishing it. It was I was two weeks to my deadline. <laughs> That's amazing. Ago. Yeah, well done. Where Where can people get it? Uh, it's available at um, all online real, real, uh, retailers. So it's on Chapters and Amazon. Um, if you're in the US, it's it's listed in, it's in Target stores. So you can get it in Target. In Canada, it's in some, um, it's in some chapters. It's in some smaller booksellers or they can order it in. And if you're in the Okanagan, um, it's at all, um, all Nature's Fair locations as well. And so it's basically everywhere you can find books. Either you can, either they carry it or they can order it in for you. Beautiful. I think what we're going to do here is get a, I'm going to get a couple of copies off you and we'll uh, do a little giveaway to, to get that book out to some of our listeners because to even just the title and even just having this conversation with you, I think there's going to be a lot of wonderful information in there um, because anything we can do to help people um, tackle the sometimes very bewildering world of even just change, it can be really overwhelming, but giving people kind of tips and tools and a little bit of a guide and support in doing that um yeah i'm on board with that 100 percent. great yeah let's give some away that would be great. great and if uh if you want to know more if you're listening and you just want to learn more about the book go if you go to undieting.ca it goes it gives you a bit of an overview and also links to where you can buy it perfect and how can people connect with you my website is lisakilgore.com um, or you can find me on Facebook or Instagram, Lisa Kilgore Nutritionist. Um, I'll also send you the link so you can put them below this as well. And um, basically you can find me anywhere that there's places to be. And I'm usually, it's my name, Lisa Kilgore Nutritionist. And I do do one-on-one -on -one consults. I have a new all access nutrition hub called Your Beautiful Life. Um, if you want uh, support, but also your own, you like to gather your own information. And so that's, that's also available. And I, I, I'm a touring speaker. So you might see me in your, your town when we can go back to touring. Wonderful. Well, we'll make sure that all of that information is available for our listeners. Thank you so much for joining us today, Lisa. That was very informative. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me, Simon. Of course. Um, yeah, for more information about anything we've spoken about in this episode, please see the show notes and don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on any other episodes. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. This is True Hope Cast, the official podcast of True Hope Canada. We'll see you next week. Goodbye.